Welcome back to Simon and White, the podcast at the nexus of media, politics, and business. I'm Christian Whiten, joined as always by co-host Mark Simon, who joins us from Canada. Say hi, Mark. Hey, everybody. How are you today? All right. Lots and lots going on. China again in the news, along with some other countries. Russia inched in. Turkey did as well by uh, crapping the bed on its currency, the lira. But let's stick with the Chinese, because uh, talking about crapping the bed and some stock prices going down very, very fast. Companies, you know, fairly solid, big companies, Didi. Uh, for one, being ordered, suggested to, told <laughs> to delist from the New York Stock Exchange, NASDAQ, uh, in order to presumably list at Hong Kong or Shanghai. Uh, and this is happening with other technology companies, not a particularly orderly process. They don't have uh, their I's dotted and T's crossed on how these listings transfer and what happens to American equities if you own them. Uh, and so you have people bailing out in order to prevent a loss of liquidity. You'd hate to own a stock and even if it's a big uh, formerly blue chip name, not be able to trade it. What do you think is going on here, Mark? Is this just a control thing by the CCP? Yeah, I think you're spot on with that one. Look, there's really no concern given to economics in terms of wealth of other individuals, in terms of company profits, until, like Evergrande, it affects the political stability. At this point in time, I think what we're seeing is, you know, I'm not going to say I predicted it, but what I thought we would see for a long time is they are somehow under the belief that they can elevate Hong Kong and Shanghai to be these world-class markets by forcing Chinese companies to come back. In other words, let's get Didi, let's get all these other companies, let's bring them back. In addition to this, what they've done, they just released some statements and they've just released some orders that the Wall Street Journal's reporting on saying that foreign money is not welcome in Chinese technology startups. So in other words, the Sequoia Capitals, all the other TPGs who really had enjoyed playing in China, they're not going to be so welcome in the high end of Chinese technology. Now, why are they doing this? It's really all about Xi Jinping being incredibly consistent. Let's give the guy credit. He's incredibly consistent. He doesn't want to do anything that they see enriching the United States. But more importantly, he thinks that by bringing all these things back, all these, all this, all these items back, there's somehow a zero-sum game that the money comes back, it stays in China, they build the Chinese markets, and therefore we are powerful. It is one of the things they actually, I think, fully believe that we'll get DD back here and then all the investors, because DD is such a great company, will come back into China. Not recognizing that you're destroying the personal ambitions of thousands of DD employees who wanted to get their stock options outside of China. So you've made them a less attractive company to work for. Ah. Importantly, in the private equity world, Chinese private equity is incredibly unsophisticated. I know people will scream when I say that, but essentially they are money. They are the cash. They run behind all these other U.S. private equity firms that offer knowledge, that offer. Private equity is not just, you know, uh, Uncle, Mc, Uncle McScrooge or Uncle McDuck, whoever the guy is, throwing gold coins out to people. <laughs> they help a lot. Private equity provides a lot of value. The Chinese private equity companies, a few of them are quite good, but the vast majority of them are basically Uncle McDuck throwing quarters out to people, trying to track the U.S. companies. So I think this is going to be a, uh, another example of China closing its doors on the world. How do you invest in it? 
get out. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. Well, uh, so you have a lot of people running around in, in, in Capitol Hill on financial networks saying that China is about to beat us. You know, this is sort of a standard coming from four stars up uh, in the Pentagon and on Capitol Hill. We're still ahead. China's very close behind. Semiconductors. We're still ahead. China's very that's that's hard for me to believe that China's about to catch us on semiconductors, us being the free world, because the most sophisticated semiconductors are not made in America. They're made in Taiwan, although they're made with US tools, uh, which is how we were able to extend our export controls over countries like Taiwan, South Korea, and Japan. Um, I don't know. Is this uh it seems like Xi Jinping has jumped too soon. They're still at best a middle-income economy if you go per capita, you know, number two behind us if you use nominal GDP, but you know, they're 330 million of us, they're one point whatever, four billion of them. Uh, the number keeps growing, uh, not not for the long term. But um, I don't know. Do you think that this is going to hurt Chinese technology acquisition and you know across multiple fields? I, I think first of all certainly the West is going to respond. And if our private equity companies can't work there after a while, basically, why should their private equity companies work here? But the next part of this that's coming down, and I think it's going to be, I actually am looking forward to it. Most people don't. I think the next thing is going to be this, this, the, the limit of talent that moves back and forth. First of all, it's all a one-way move. Very few competent and very solid lab people, you know, I mean, you should say the technicians and labs and who work in labs and everything are going to China. Most of the, we get, we get some of their best and brightest talent. The problem is we've got some security issues with them. And I just think that the Chinese are going to pull that back. In other words, it's not going to be the United States that restricts these really high quality engineers from coming to the U.S. It's going to be the Chinese. I firmly believe that's coming because that's completely consistent with what they're doing. We have to build a world-class infrastructure. You go to school in the States, then we need you to come home. If you don't want to come home, well, maybe your mom and dad might have a few problems. You know what I'm saying? But I, I do believe firmly that that's where they're going. Look, again, one of my significant frustrations is, is people continue to look at the Chinese Communist Party or the Communist Party of China, whatever you want to call it. Um, they continue to look at them as some type of rational economic actor. They are not. They are basically all about power, all about staying in power, all about keeping power. They do not make decisions that we would consider rational by our morals, our ethics and our values. They are all about power and they have no qualms whatsoever with using all the might that they have to essentially affect those the changes they want and affect their agenda in a manner they wish. All right. With uh, just going a little bit micro now. So it sounds like until some of this going back to the public equity part, it's probably best to avoid Chinese stocks while this is going on in long term. You know, that's yeah. that's clearly a, a question we'll play. But what about things like Alibaba? It's near a 52 week low, a, a little bit off that, but not by much. Uh, it's price to earnings now down to um, 17 uh, or 18. Um any like short-term buys in here? Or do you think it's better just to uh, wait and watch? I, I, I actually think I, I couldn't advise anybody in good conscience who really doesn't know the China market. If you're, if you're in Hong Kong, if you know the China market, if you know what you're doing, then you know what? It's 
it's essentially a way that we have to consider our investment dollars as, you know, would, would you invest if a neighborhood was on fire, would you go buy real estate without knowing where the fire is going to stop? <laughs> right. And, and that's, that's my point. Look, why not wait a few months? Why not just sit yeah. here? Let's wait till after Chinese new year and then buy it. Oh my God, you may miss it. Well, you know what? All right. So you miss the, so you, so you miss a five or seven point run up. This is going on and this is going to continue to go on until we see a more clear leadership picture in China. And we see some of these things, especially the Olympics coming up. I think we're going to see the Norwegians next and we're going to see some of the other European countries join the boycott, diplomatic boycott. They've got political cover with all the English speaking companies, countries stepping up. Will the Japanese join it? Who will join it? You know what I'm saying? Essentially, and, and, and that's going to do nothing but royal markets and people say well why would that royal markets because it's going to royal the chinese and to them they view everything for them as a political so you know when people say oh it's going to happen here it's going to happen there you know in terms of in terms of the, the economic boycott it doesn't mean anything no they will react and they will react in negative manners trying to impact people where they think they have pressure points which initially is going to always be economic right right all right, shifting gears here, although within the realm of communism. No, I'm just kidding. CNN, which uh, previously a news channel, more recently a political tabloid. <laughs> I read that somewhere. I didn't come up with it, but I thought pretty funny. So big changes there. Their one and only quote-unquote star was uh, Cuomo, Chris Cuomo, uh, finally forced out ostensibly because he crossed the line in defending his brother, ousted as governor of New York. You know, this is interesting to me that the dissent seemingly continues uh, over a year after Donald Trump lost the election, coming up on a year after he left the White House. And, um, you know, AT&T and Discovery, I thought they would have moved quicker once they, they merged and they sort of pretend like CNN isn't their thing, but it clearly is. They own it. Um, why they wouldn't have either made drastic changes or flick this booger off of their finger what do you think, um, you know, where, do you, where does CNN go uh, going forward? I don't think they have any idea. You know, I worked inside media companies. I've invested in a couple for the, in the past. Uh, CNN has a crisis of identity right now. CNN has an incredibly solid news gathering organization. I mean, CNN, CNN overseas is as left-leaning as Al Jazeera. But you know what? They get <laughs> stories. They know what they're talking about for the most part. Um, it's really only when they come back to the U.S. that they actually start going crazy in terms of that. You know, it's like the, the overseas left-wing British anchors can't control themselves. They're always yep. going about Donald Trump. But when it comes to stories that they're excellent on China, they're very good on human rights, uh, they have a very solid understanding of actually some very good correspondence in war zones. Their problem is, is that Jeff Zucker has made them an entertainment channel. Mm -hmm. The cable guys have, and their entertainment is essentially left wing. You know, they're basically throwing chum to the left wing audience. I don't know how they get out of that. I think it's very, very tough for them. You've got an entire organization all the way through I mean, you know, you've worked in large, large organizations. This is four, five, six thousand people who all have been recruited by what must be just a communist human resources department. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> right. They, they're all mm -hmm. on the same mindset. You can't come in one day and go, 
hey, we're going to be the new Fox. That's not going to work. Here's what I would do at CNN. The first thing I'd do at CNN is I would probably continue to get rid of people like Chris Cuomo. Mm-hmm. Um, now, getting rid of Cuomo and putting this new guy in, they probably saved themselves a considerable amount of money. Just, just much like when they got rid of O'Reilly, you know, and they put Tucker Carlson. And Tucker Carlson still cost him a lot of money, but, you know, not as much as O'Reilly and no rape charges. And then you've got that. <laughs> I was going to say fewer attorneys, but you put the, uh, <laughs> put the, yeah, the dot on the eye there. Yep. You're alone. But the thing is, is that um, I think what they have to do is they basically, in my mind, I think the strength of CNN is going to be online. It's going to be basically clips. It's going to be news gathering. It's going to be attaching themselves to serious stories, serious stories that where they can get ad revenue online. Let's remember, they actually stripped Jeff Zucker, the head of CNN, of the digital side. He was stripped of control of that, which was a pretty big blow because that's, you know, you just took your guy out of the growth. I think if I was CNN, I'd find a different way to get my prime time going. I'd find, I don't care, you know, if you, know, if you have to do Shark Tank, I'd do it. But I'd do news. I'd do mm-hmm. anything else to get, to, I'd do hard news stories. I'd do other things. I'd spend some money on journalists. But here's what I'd do right now. I would attack MSNBC and NBC and Comcast over the Olympics. For the next mm-hmm. 60 days, I would be the human rights channel and look at how can look at this NBC. Look, NBC, their entire strategy is this on the Olympics. We are going to basically kiss China's ass and shoe shine and cover everything up until the Olympics start. Then once the Olympics start, we're going to take our hits for a couple of weeks. And then the, as the Olympics close, we're going to start doing tough China pieces. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then they'll Here try to protect our brand. So when you and I say, look at all this stuff that CNN's doing, they'll say, well, what about this piece? And what about that piece? That's their strategy. That's where it's coming out. I think people need to call them out on that strategy and then move and then get them. But if I was CNN, look, don't go after Fox anymore. Fox is boring for you. It's just that's like the, the rabid dog who's already watching. That's the wrong person to go at. The, the right thing to do is to basically MSNBC, CNBC, all the NBC guys are walking away, okay, are walking away from human rights. They're all walking oh, away sure. from it, all right? As they walk away from it, CNN has the opportunity to step in. Yeah, that would be the hell out of yeah, and you can attack NBC stylistically too, since their coverage of the Olympics absolutely sucks. I mean, everything is a human interest story. Everything is, you know, so and so overcame this, you know, horrible situation in America, this terrible country that you know half of planet Earth wants to move to. Um, and it's like, can I, can I just watch some sports? You know, maybe. Oh yeah, just well, that's watch the, the competition. Thing, the other thing too is, I mean, but like, you know, they're going to take me. But I think the problem you really have is they don't care. And I, I can almost sympathize. you got a bunch of guys in their late 40s, early 50s, um, a lot of white guys, even the black guys now and the Hispanic guys. And the white, they're all sitting there in this little woke area waiting for the next thing to come and attack them. Uh-huh. OK. And so that's the problem that they're having at this point in time is that in the next in the next couple of years, I don't see a management team that's willing to do anything there. 
Zucker's on his way out. He's, I mean, how much money does he have? He must have, he's made what, $200 million there in his career at CNN? Literally, that's how much he's been making. Mm-hmm. But, you know, he's, I'm sure he's not a bad guy. So, you know, he's loaded, he's got money, and now it's just about his ego. So I, I and, and I, I don't, I don't think in any way, shape, or form, um, there's no hope for CNN unless they actually decide to change what they're doing. And I, I think right. that's really hard for them. It's really hard unless, yeah. And so, and probably AT and T and Discovery are also full of wimps and and wouldn't force something down. That'd be very controversial if you sent someone. I mean, they'll never send a conservative. They never even send someone like you remember. I mean, this is a long time ago, like Andrew Sullivan at the new republic a um yep. sort of yeah i don't know a liberal conservative i don't even know how to describe him at a liberal magazine i mean that's just beyond the pale but think of just the absolute freak out i mean we think about the new york times newsroom when barry weiss was there just uh you know complete complete I, meltdown that would happen I, I think the thing the only advantage you have nowadays and I, I don't know why people don't do it we can talk about another media company is you can fire people <laughs> right I mean, it's an advantage over government. Your job is to report the news. That's why you have to take a straight news position. And when somebody shows up somewhere, you can't have it. You know what I'm saying? Um, You know, I've I've had recommendation inside companies. I'll always remember at Apple Daily one time, we had a, 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 first of all, Apple Daily, there was one minority at Apple Daily. It was me for like five, <laughs> 15 years. I was the only white guy in the place. A thousand, couple of thousand employees. But one time we had we had somebody join, a very nice person. And again, like there's like, now there's like three white people. The other two work for, the other two work for me. You know what I'm saying? And, and, and so we had somebody join and she wanted to start, and she was, she was Chinese American. She wanted to start an ethnic diversity group at Apple Daily. And it was like... <laughs> And I said, do I get to join? She goes, no, she says, this is for the, eth- the ethnic Chinese. I go, hello, <laughs> Chinese news company. My point is you've got this mentality that moves into these companies and they can't get rid of them. That was still yeah. one of the funniest things when she finally realized that, yo, oh, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm fine here. <laughs> it was like, a very big group, but maybe she should go sell some ads or write some stories instead. Well, yeah, well, she actually was, a, she was pretty good at her job. That's why I kind of yeah. talked but, well, that's good. But it was it was hilarious when she had this this come this moment, you know, that she wasn't being oppressed by like, you know, <laughs> no, you're being oppressed by fellow Chinese. <laughs> you know, your boss yes. doesn't like you. <laughs> but but the thing is, is that uh, I I do think that really I don't know how CNN gets out of this, and you know what, some of these cable guys may not get out of it. CNN has to work hard. They got to move to digital hard. They have to move to real news. That's where their future is. Yeah. And living living because of Don Lemon and, you know, Hans Cuomo, who can't keep his hands off girls, having those two guys as your face of, of serious news doesn't doesn't exist, doesn't mean anything. Right. All right. Now flipping to the opposite side of the political spectrum, kind of uh, more news this week on DWAC, which is the SPAC. We're, we're heavy on acronyms here. Um, that acquired uh, yeah. or is acquiring Trump's media, Trump media and technology company. And we've learned a little bit more about what this business is doing. Um, they filed an 8K uh, saying that they're under investigation by the SEC. Uh, another 8K sort of gave a hint about their business plan. 
Um, you know, it's too early to get a quarterly report out of them, nor do we know. And I mean, when they have their first quarterly report, it's going to have nothing but expenses. There's not going to be any revenue or income. Uh, the other, th a couple of things strike me. First of all, they're focusing first and foremost on social media. I'd argue, set aside the business part of making money, just what the conservative movement, whatever you want to call it, needs right now is not more social media. What it needs is upstream culture, uh, movie production, maybe right. authors, screenwriters, things like that. Anyway, Trump is going complete opposite and easy. And they have a couple of screenshots up. They haven't released what their platform is going to be. It looks like a direct knockoff of Twitter. A couple things there, too. Um, it just shows that the technology has so little uh, patent, trademark, service mark protection that anyone can copy it. It's not the technology that makes it special. It's the huge network that Twitter has or Facebook has. Um, so I look at this and I'm thinking, as predicted, these guys are going to be, I mean, Trump should be as far away from highly regulated public equity as you can get. And he's not. And he should be focusing on upstream, bringing in donors saying, don't give more money to the Heritage Foundation or the ballet or your freaking college. Give it to people who create culture and it's either conservative or just non-liberal. Not doing that. And then the cherry on the cake is Devin Nunes, who's a congressman who, you know, did yeoman's work in exposing the deep state and its attempt to, uh, you know, Im impute phony collusion between Russia and the Trump campaign and take down the Trump president. Okay, he's a great litigator, a great congressman in hearings, um, but absolutely no background in running a media company and not an entrepreneurial one, no background in mentoring media talent. This just strikes me as, as as the ongoing disaster. Am I being too pessimistic here? No, it's a complete disaster. But the but the real thing is is where where I think there's. Let me agree with you and critique a few things at the first time. The first of all, let's go to Devin Nunes. Devin Nunes basically is sitting in Congress making what one seventy five, one eighty a year, flying back and forth, mostly in coach class because they don't like him and don't upgrade him. Didn't he? <laughs> Maybe he gets a ride with somebody every once in a while. Secondly, Devin Nunes, like a lot of Trump people, are just not going into the they're not going into the lobbying world and all that stuff because really nobody wants them. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Not going into the corporate world because basically nobody wants him. The, the, the establishment one. It's one of the more more honest things about the Trump people and the Trump people. Nobody in the business, nobody in the connected establishment world wants them. You know, the Obama people, the Clinton people, the Bush people. You know, and the Biden people, of course, they all go in and out of these revolving doors. Um, basically, the Trump people, it's a one way door. You walk in and you get kicked out. And when you're out of the D.C. loop, if you're a Trumper, as we've known with so many people, they do not really get a lot of play. We know that. You know what I'm saying? Um, Goldman Sachs, all the other ones, they're not hiring Trump guys because of the potential blowback. Now, I think that's going to go away fairly quickly. And I, my understanding is it already is. But so Nunes is just taking the job. In other words, where else could Nunes get $500,000, $700,000 a year? He's just cashing out. Let's face it. Um, that's the first thing. The second thing I see is really, I don't think Trump has any understanding of media. I think he, in his mind, he's like, I'm number one. A princess is number one. He thinks the whole <laughs> world is watching him. You know, the idea that, you know, that he's only got this many people is, is hard is hard for him to understand. Maybe there's 12 million people watching The Apprentice. There's 300 million people in the country. You know what I'm saying? He, he doesn't really understand that. <clears throat> I think Trump's real issue is he needs to go out there and be like a Netflix boss or somebody else 
and create content like you're saying. I think the problem is he doesn't know how to create content. And the other problem is there's no subtlety in conservative content. I don't know if you know that people don't really follow that all the time. It's kind of like that TV show. One of the one of the better conservative TV shows is Last Man Standing with Mike mm-hmm. Allen. It's about the father with the three daughters and the wife. And mm-hmm. he's very conservative. And he I mean, he makes a lot of jokes. But the show in itself, the essence of it itself is a conservative show. You know what I'm saying? It's 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 a it's a it's a show that has conservative themes, family values, all these things. Those are the things that Trump needs to get out there. He needs to work work on. He needs to find actors on. He needs to back Christian things. He needs to do things. In fairness, Shapiro is working on that over there. You know, they really have an, an eye for that. Their movies aren't very good, but they'll probably get better. Mm-hmm. And sure. just think, you know, well, let Mel Gibson make a movie or something like that. Trump, mm-hmm. and, and whether when it comes to content, well, there's enough conservative content out there, so find it a platform upstream. You know, find find fun debate shows, fund other things, do whatever you can. Social media is a hellhole. It there's not that many there's not as many people on it as you think, and it's actually the only thing Trump's going to do, and it it might be a good thing, but it probably won't be, is he's going to basically if if he actually gets anything up and running, he's going to get ten or fifteen million conservatives on his site. But he'll never have a nickel in advertising other than the Black Rifle Coffee Company. You know, in other words, they're not going to come. So I really think it's a huge issue in my mind, at least. I think it's a huge issue for us. If you're a conservative, I think it's a huge issue to essentially understand that the only way to move forward is is to create your own your create your own content. It's one of the things. Did you see the Axios article the other day complaining about conservatives? Uh, no, no, I didn't. Axios I... <laughs> all the conservative outlets and what they're doing. But one of the things about it, you notice it, whether it was the Daily Caller, the Blaze, whether it was Breitbart, whether it was all these other ones. One of the things that you, they, they were all content creators. They all created content. Mm-hmm. Glenn, Glenn Beck creates content. Ben Shapiro creates content. Joe Rogan creates content. Trump's not creating content. He's trying to like own the. He's trying to own the real estate. That's his. That's his. That's his belief. And he and he says, "Oh, I'll have a channel, and then everybody will funnel through it." Well, if it's crap, no one's going to come to it. Right. So it's kind. I hate to say it. It's kind of like some of these ups. Like, I'll never get on Newsmax, but you know, OAN is actually trying hard to have good content. Fox has much better content than people give it credit for. It's targeted an audience, but the production values are incredibly high at Fox. MSNBC has the same thing. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But the point that I'm making to people is I think Trump <clears throat> is going to take six or seven hundred million dollars from private investors and completely yeah. win. And I don't know if that's worth an SEC investigation. He's not getting government money. He's not doing anything. I, I don't understand the scandal and i always worry about the people that cover it they just want him to shut up well he's right. got going to spend it let him buy it you know 
Right. Now let's end. Just comes down to investors. I was looking at shorting uh, DWAC the other day. I'm glad I didn't. It popped today on sort of additional absorption of the Nunez news. But, um, you know, it wasn't just a high rate of interest that my brokerage wanted to short the stock. They said it's hard to borrow. Uh, we can't sell it to you short right now, meaning that probably that strongly implies a lot of other people are looking to short the stock because the valuation is already very significant. Two billion dollars market cap. Um, that sort of depends. Uh, you have to parse how much left of DWAC because they could um, theoretically be investing in other companies and you know, they were popping around at a nominal level before the Trump thing. Anyway, uh, the idea that this company will ever turn a profit, much less one that justifies a $2 billion valuation is just kind of ludicrous. Yeah. The only thing I, I hate to say is please don't short it because I'll be cheering against you. I love it when shorts get taken down for like when they're <laughs> putting something for basically political reasons. I mean, you're shorting them for the right reason. I don't see I don't see a talent base there. I don't see anything there. You know, it's kind of like sometimes I mean. For some strange reason, senior executives in major media companies still talk to me. You know what I'm saying? And, you know, I was trying to sell the CNN should attack MSNBC and the CNNBC to some guys that I know the other day who are their investment guys. And I know all of a sudden a friend from CNN called and said, I hear you're saying this. And I said, this is why I'm doing it. And all he said was, that's interesting, Mark. And I never heard back from him, you know. So my point is... <laughs> I, I really think, you know, we're we're at a stage now where Trump's going to probably see it. It'll keep making money. They're just established. Trump, who knows what he's going to do. The only thing I would say is the more Trump does stuff like this, the more it makes me think he's not running. Yes. And that is, you know, that's a positive thing. And again, just to be on record, I think Trump was remarkable. Uh, he created a new right. Um and so much about him, I think, was good, but I think it's time to pass the torch. So that's another reason why, I mean, I, I'm going to house on this media company because I think it deserves it. But sometimes I'm like, hmm, maybe we ought to be encouraging it nonetheless. So. Yeah, I mean, I mean, look, I, 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 I'm one of these ones a long time ago. I never pull for people to lose money. I never want people to lose their jobs. I, I think, I think, you know, I mean, I, I'm, I'm even like, you know, the liberal media and all that stuff. I, I'm fine as long as because I think we can beat them. But really, I, I have to say, if you're an investor, I just always feel sorry for these people. Like, in fact, I know a guy who invested in DWAC because he loves Trump. He's on my Facebook thing. He said, I'll get, he said, Trump's going to be a winner. He's always a winner. And I'm going like, all right, there you go. I mean, you know, I mean, there, there's actually almost more logic behind investing in Robin Hood. You know what I'm saying? And some other things there where it's just like, you know, there's a rationale for it. I don't see it. I think the media landscape is a very, very tough place right now. Mm -hmm. And I think the idea that you can show up and, and make money the way they think they're going to make money. I don't know what he does, you know. Yeah. And by the way, he'll have a very short lifespan because I, he's not one of these guys that's going to be able to get money again. You know what I'm saying? From other people. Yep. Well, it's like Parler. They were supposed to be the conservative alternative to Twitter. But, you know, hey, you don't want to go into a network where it's just five of your your fellow right-wingers uh, bitching about things. And so, uh, you know, that's kind of over with, it seems now. Yeah. All right, speaking of over with, that's all the time we have for this episode of Simon & White. And if you like what you heard, please follow us on your podcast catalog or click uh, follow on YouTube, subscribe on YouTube, I should say. We'll be back again soon with another episode. Thanks.